You've come to hear what Psyche says. I'm Dr. Stephanie Vaughn, a licensed clinical psychologist. And I'm Sarah Kamita, a licensed professional counselor. We're just a couple of therapists without a target audience for this podcast. But hope it can be of some help to someone somewhere. Good evening, Sally. Hello. It's been um, a little while. We sort of got backlogged on our topics, but tonight we are ready and raring to talk about an issue I think that's come up a few times with therapists that we work with. Um, They're concerned about certain issues that pop up with parents and adolescents and wanted us to have a little discussion about it. And that is um, this idea that as, as a parent, I can definitely speak to this when you look at your kid and you think, you know, what, I mean, there's not a better way to put this. Like what's wrong? What's wrong with my kid? You know, what is the problem here and how do I fix it? So when we have the perspective as parents of what's wrong with our kid, it comes from a loving approach, right? In the background, we're caring about doing something to help them. We want to take on a nurturing role as a parent, whatever the case may be. But at the end of the day, we're still asking the same question, which is what's wrong with our kid? Now, you as an adolescent therapist and an adult therapist can speak to this. Yeah, the you know the first question that came to mind which was not planned and sounds kind of cliche is Dr. Vaughn well what's wrong with that question like why is this a subject that we might discuss on our podcast I'm so glad that you asked Sally because the reason why we discuss it is because I think that there's a an attitude or a perspective that some parents will bring to therapy of here, take my kid, assess my kid, figure out what's wrong with my kid and fix it. Which as bluntly as I am putting it really, um, maybe they don't come in saying it like that, but at the end of the day, that's the take home for the therapist and the parent coach or the um, psychological assessor, whoever the professional is. And that that's sort of how we're perceiving it. Now, when I'm doing parent coaching, I, I would actually talk just like that. And so I would say, um, you know, what my perception is that you're asking to, you know, here, fix my kid. And that implies that something's wrong with them. I'm not here to say that there's not an issue that needs to be addressed. What we're talking about here is having a different perspective, looking with different eyes, having a certain filter on the way that you see things. So if you need an example, Sally, let me just provide you with one. For example, so I was talking to a parent a while back and the parent was explaining to me the problem. And so they said, this kid, let's just call the kid Jane. Mm -hmm. So Jane comes into the dining room where everyone's working on homework. And 
the parent is diligently working with the younger child on catching up homework, knowing that the older child, Jane, also is behind and Jane's supposed to be doing her work, but Jane tends to be a um, creative and thinks, gets distracted easily. And so she's approached the parents and says, basically, like, I want to join another club at school. And the parent is telling me this information that, and this is the problem. And so I know, as you say, Sally, I'm aware of imagining. I'm aware of imagining the problem for the parent. And the problem from the parent's perspective without them telling me is that they feel burdened or they feel like this is obviously an issue. I just don't know why. As the parent coach, I just don't know why. And the fact that the parent thinks it's obvious tells me that there's something important we need to discuss. And so I say, you know, well, what's the issue here? And so they say, well, she asks all the time. Like she's always saying, I want this, you know, and this, she can't get all of the activities done that she's already signed up for. She's backlogged on homework. She's all, she doesn't think about the fact that I've got to get in the car and drive her to this new club that she wants to go to, that I work full time. This other parent works full time. And there are also activities that these two other kids have got to go and do. And so there's again a lack of um, perspective or empathy. So I'm hearing these things and I'm taking note of them. I take them like I, I tell you sometimes, Sally, like you just tuck it in your back pocket like a little hidden card and you just wait on that. So I'm not it's not that I'm not hearing what they're saying because I think those things are valid. But the more important thing that I'm hearing in that narrative is that the parent has a perspective of something's wrong with my kid. And so I told the parent, I said, I want you to just do a little imagination for me for a second. And I want you to imagine, do you know any of those parents, you know, the, the parent types that like their kid can do no wrong? They're like there is no possibility, no matter what their kid did, they, their kid TP'd the next door neighbor, um, whatever they smashed the mailbox, they failed the class, whatever, that they can do no wrong. And this parent said, yes. Oh, yeah, I know parents like that. I said, now I want you to be that parent right now and tell me what you see when your kid comes up and says, I want to join another club. And so then we get a completely different perspective on what the motivations, the intentions, the outcome, the potential outcome, the storyline that this parent sees. How are they projecting into the future of what's going to happen? Are they seeing, what are they seeing for their kid? Are they seeing, you know, what could go wrong? Are they seeing that no matter what the evidence shows, it's going to go right? And so this parent got a new perspective. It doesn't mean it's the right perspective. It just is a different perspective. And that's what we're, we need to be able to see. Can you see from multiple points of view? Yes. So that example makes sense to me. I really like what I really like about that or what first comes to my mind with that is, you know, bringing up the other side. So very often, since we are DBT clinicians, we look at um, dialectics, which means that two things that seem to be opposite or in, you know, contradiction to each other can both exist 
which you know we we hold that as a truth in our therapy and, and consult team. And one of the things that we do or we strive to do as DBT clinicians is find that other side. What's the other side? What's that opposing side? So I really like that um, you you tie that in too to this parent coaching example. One thing that comes to mind, I'll kind of maybe sheepish, sheepishly admit that I didn't even think about bringing up the other side when we initially landed on this topic. I saw it a little bit more as almost just taking a more non-judgmental approach. And when I say non-judgmental, I don't mean not having an opinion, right? Because we can't help but have an opinion. Our brains are wired that way. We need judgment, aka discernment to live, right? I mean, you go to the store and you look at some fruit or meat and think, oh, that looks gross. You know, we need that for our own safety and survival. It's when our minds do that about things that aren't survival based that we can get tripped up and when it becomes rooted as fact. So when I think about what's wrong with my kid, the first thing that comes to my mind is, well, what do you mean by wrong? And that sounds like a judgment where nothing Right. And so maybe taking a little more judgmental approach of um, not like there's absolutely nothing wrong or nothing that's uh, concerning or anything like that, but more how can we be, how can we remove the judgments or maybe helping parents remove the opinions and interpretations of why their child is doing the thing that they're doing? And then that kind of influencing how things move forward. So that all sounds fine and good, Sally. But at the end of the day, I mean, you sound very diplomatic right now. And at the same time, I know I will raise your dialectic approach here and your devil's advocate. And I'll extend it a little further and say that, yes, that would be great if we could, you know, we could differentiate between what's discernment and what's non-judgmental stance and we could teach parents the non-judgmental stance and and at the same time I know you and I both will push everything aside when it's right in front of you something is wrong yes you know and so like okay we could talk about what's right and wrong we could talk about um you know what's judgment and what's discernment but we both will agree like no that ain't right you know So as a parent and as a human being, I don't necessarily need all of the criteria to be able to resonate with the idea that something's wrong. And when I say something's wrong, I mean, like, you know what I mean? It's it's a vernacular. It's if we're having coffee, it's something's wrong, not like something's bad, not like something is deficient, not even like something is needs to be fixed, but something's wrong. So that's the part that I resonate with as a, as a human being. From the parent's perspective, something's wrong. From a clinician's perspective, which is the same thing, really, you know, I can be both at the same time. But from a clinician's perspective, I want to take the approach you're describing, which is to step back and to also ask, how might this parent's vision or perception be impaired by their caring as much as they do. So I know there's validity in what they're saying. Like, I literally do not care. If you if you brought me somebody who had uh, Munchausen by proxy, for example, uh, that's the, you know, what people know it as, but we're talking about factitious disorder. 
And it's like they're they're literally doing something to themselves or doing something to someone else that is causing harm, but it, it and they're trying to play it off like it they're not. There's obviously something wrong. And so it doesn't matter if they're pretending that something's wrong, that they're projecting that something's wrong, that they're blaming someone else that something is wrong. If you look at the whole, something's wrong. You know, something something's off. So I can, um, I know that the parent knows something is off. I want to find what that is. And I want to help them find what that is. The kid thinks something is off. I can promise you that. Whether it's that there's something wrong with me or there's something wrong with the the family unit as a whole or, or a particular parent. Or when we say something's wrong, it doesn't mean, it doesn't hold all the weight of judgment that we might think. But we got to be able to use just vernacular, right? True, true, true. And yes, yes. So maybe I'm a little confused or not 100% clear on our intention of our podcast today, because I, I agree with that. And I'm aware of imagining that maybe what it is, is just giving some parents out there a nice little dose of validation in that, that feeling of what's wrong with my kid is valid and legit. And it's like that we feel that way. So then I guess I'm wondering, okay, so we're not talking about how to apply a non-judgmental stance. And are, are you are you just talking about like bringing up the other side? Go with me here. Okay, okay. On one side of the equation, I can validate something's wrong, right? And, and in dialectical fashion, on the other end, I can say, and I need you to interact. I need you to see like there's nothing wrong. So if you are looking at someone, I mean, okay, think about if you've ever been in a relationship, just saying, where in the beginning, you, not that I've ever been in such a relationship, but if you've ever been in a relationship in the very beginning and the way that you see the evidence that's there in the beginning is totally different than the way that you see it at the end. It's the same evidence. It's the same person the same, you know, maybe they got a little bit of behavior, you know, different behavior, but you and I both know that they, you know, they had the same kind of behavior. We just look back, we Monday morning quarterback a lot different. So our vision changes. And I don't mean vision just like through your eyes, but you know, how you're perceiving things. So what I want parents to be able to do is to be able to, I recognize on the one hand, something is wrong and I get that. Now you've hired someone or you've trusted another person to be able to handle that issue. When you know something's wrong with your throat or you know something's wrong with your knee or whatever, you go to a professional and you say something is wrong and a good professional knows that that is correct. They know that like they automatically know that and then they go look for it. So it's like there is gold in here. Can you find it? You know, and a clinician that is not skilled will start with the idea. There's probably not gold there. It's probably not, you know, and that is a lazy approach. So on this, on the one hand, I know they are correct. Something is wrong and I want to be able to pursue that. And on the other hand, I want them to be able to see that their perception is also contributing potentially to the something is wrong. And so I want them to shift to a different perspective. I want them to look with the eyes of someone, some parent, some, you know, a therapist or your partner or whatever role you're in to look through the perception of what is right. Okay. Okay. So I'm feeling a little more secure (laughs) in our roadmap here. 
um, about that. So yeah. Okay. So the idea of almost like we can't, because we cannot help having a perception or opinion or judgment, we can use that and say, Hmm, well, maybe what if I looked at it in this way? So almost like finding the good. So the intentional effort of saying not like, well, what's the silver lining, but really legitimately trying to find the gold in, right. What if I viewed it this way? Or what if, you know, what can I kind of like the, what can I validate here? Or what about their behavior or this overall, like just the child overall is right. Like you said, right, wrong. You know, the vernacular that we're using. The gold you said, can you say that part again, by the way? The gold? No, say the whole thing. I think you said the gold. So the looking at the child and using a different perspective or perception or like filter almost lens. I talk about that in RO class a lot of the lens we're using and then finding the gold in them as opposed to looking at, I don't know, the dirt and coal all around it that we're digging out or something. Exactly. Yes, okay. exactly. So it's not that the the person is, it's not like I'm saying your kid is gold although I think your kid is, I'm just saying, you know, that's how, that's the perception that I'm going to go in with. Yeah. All, everybody, all my patients are gold. All, all well, you the- couldn't see because we're podcasting is I was like, really, really? Yeah. Which yeah. speaks to the nature of this podcast in general. So I guess I understand it more than I think I do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So like, I, I totally want you to it's your kid is this is this way they are the way that they are and I want to be able to see what's what's wrong and that's in air quotes but what's wrong and I get that a, a coffee talk vernacular what's wrong with my kid and also I want to be able to know remember that nothing's wrong and that seems very contradictory and that's why it's a dialectic because both things can be true at the same time it depends on the perspective that you take and so if you have a kid that is destined to become not to bring this person up but is destined to become elon musk or something you know some sort of like whimsical creative you know technological person and you put them into a family that is very practical, uh, thinks that continuing education is not in their best interest and that they would be too uppity and they think that they're better or whatever. So you put them in a certain family, they're not, that's an invalidating environment and they're not going to necessarily do that well. You know, if they do, they have a certain internal fortitude that can't be taught. It is, is genetic. So it all depends on your perception. And a lot of what you what your kid ends up turning out to be, who your kid turns out to be, has to do with genetics and environment. The part you can control is the environment. And so to be able to see the best, I mean, if, if that's all you can do as a parent is see the best, great. Like if I had to choose one thing, that'd be it. You know, and that's that's tough for me being a behavioral therapist is like if I could choose one thing. Well, I would choose, you know, you reinforce appropriately or you you don't get your kid used to getting too many reinforcers or you don't overload your kids with reinforcers. I don't know. It would have probably something. 
to do as I'm thinking about it. Here's something that comes to mind as you're talking is this idea of seeing the best and kind of cultivating that or digging that out and letting it shine. When you say seeing the best, do you mean seeing the best? Because I like I kind of have an idea, I guess, in my head of what that means, but I'm interested to hear your opinion. So do you mean seeing the best like kind of, well, what's what's the positive in this situation? Or is it a little more like seeing the qualities in your kid where you're kind of like, dang, you know, they are so resilient or something like that. And so maybe the situation isn't the best or I don't know what, you know, but you're literally thinking and you're like, man, they are, they are clever. They are cunning that, you know what I mean? And like seeing that. Yes. Because I asked the question, I remember when that parent was describing this kid's behavior, I thought, man, I wish I could take that that behavior that that kid did and plug it in to another kid that whose parents I'm working with and these parents. And I know, I mean, we work with a lot of the same families and you work with parents and it's like, you can remember parents we've worked with and they're like, man, I really wish my kid was more social and they were more involved and they were more, you know, a part of the, if they would just take a role in some of these extracurriculars or they would go sit at the other kid's table and it's like, that's this kid. That's the drive that this kid has. If I could pull that out and plug it into another kid, I would be golden, you know? Right. And so I'm like, do you see that your kid has something I would I would pay for to extract and 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 give to some other family? So one man's trash is another man's treasure. I was going to say, say, it's kind of like that thing you and I have talked about many times over of a superpower where it's like it's honed in and you have to kind of, you know, you have to learn how to use it and you have to to work on it. And and you, you it's like the idea of using it for good or evil. I mean, if we're talking real vernacular, right. But that feeling of, wow, like I'm imagining, a, um, you know, someone that comes to mind of just being really determined and, you know, it's kind of willfulness in the moment. And I just keep thinking of, wow, when this turns into willpower and like determination and drive, I'm like, they're going to be unstoppable, you know, and you just see it that you're like, oh man, this is so, I mean, I don't want to say misplaced, but it is. It's like, this is so misplaced and it's getting them in all sorts, you know, all the wrong spots. And you're just seeing like, wow, when this, when you own this craft, what it's going to be like. And so I think that's, that's kind of what you're talking about. And I, I love that. Yeah. It's just cause it's such a, I mean, it can be a really cool thing to see too. It is. And it's such a, it takes a, I think a creative approach or creative perspective. I mean, it's really alchemy is the way I look at it is you, can you see the potential, you know, and I don't mean potential, like, you know, and like, oh, my kid has potential and all like that. No. Can you see like with the, the materials that you have, they have those cooking shows where they give you like, you know, really shitty materials. And then they say one of my favorites. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And they have this new show that does like leftovers. Like you take your leftovers, which I'm yeah. Very inspired by that show. You take your leftovers and then you make it into something new. And so it's like, can you, are you that, are you that good? You know? And if you're not, that's, I mean, I'm really baiting you, you know, that's what I do to, you know, with parents, I'm just bait you is, are you, 
can you? It's not your kid's limitation if you can't see the possibilities. Now, that doesn't mean that you can't set your limits. It doesn't mean you can't say no. It doesn't mean that you're like such an eternal optimist that you get walked all over by your kid because I don't think by any means anyone's like, oh, you know what, Stephanie Vaughn gets walked over by. No, it, it, that's not the case. You got to be able to go back and forth and look at the possibilities. Always be willing to be wrong. You know, like, oh, I see this as a downside for my kid. Don't you have that echo in the back of your mind? You know, the echo that's like, be a good thing. You know, if you've got the echo that it could be a bad thing, you have the echo, it could be a good thing. So listen, you know, listen, we believe the negative so much more over the positive. I'm not sure why, but we do. So listen for the positive interpretation. Think about how different parents look at at different things. The kid has got gold in there. You know, that's just what I want you to remember, that there's the possibility that what you think is wrong turns out to be the very thing that propels them into some sort of amazing destiny. I mean, I, I really think of it like that. I know it sounds kind of like cheesy and weird, but I really do think I really do think like that when I'm working with families. Very much, you know, we take the approach of, for example, the idea that there's not something good that could come out of it or that our opinion or perspective or conclusion is the right one because we haven't seen it all play out. You know, I've, I've told, um, patients before it's like, it's not over, you know, just the idea of like, it's not over. So we have no idea. And it doesn't mean anything that's happening is any more enjoyable or tolerable or anything like that, or like in a skillful behavior versus one that's maybe not, but looking at right. What's behind it. So it's, it's, going a little deeper kind of into the cave to find the gold. And it might not be right out there in front of us, but the idea that we know that some event or something, we can deem it as this was awful and this is going to be something bad. There's just no way for us to know for sure. Cause we haven't, we haven't seen it to its full conclusion. And I mean, definitely we have, we can think that about kids right? I mean, so, so much. It's like, who knows yet? That's right. It ain't over. It ain't over yet. Yes. All right. So I think we've gone on long enough on this one. We talked a lot more than I think that we thought we were going to, but we got where we needed to go, didn't we? Yes. We always do. And we hope that this has been of some help to someone. Somewhere. Somewhere. But before we leave, we just want to remind you to please um, go on our Instagram, follow us, like us on Facebook. Like, subscribe. Right. And <laughs> Welcome to my channel. Mm -hmm. yeah. Let us know if there's a topic you would like for us to address. We would love to do that. We'd like to have topics. And we look forward to hearing from you and talk to you soon. <laughs>